welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. King said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose living child was unto the king. Now this sounds like a, a, a woman I can relate to. For her bowels yearned upon her son. And she said, Oh my Lord, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. But the other said, This is the voice of this generation. Said, Lead it, let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Verse 27, then the king answered and said, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. Amen. I want to preach to our moms and encourage you and challenge you today. And I want to preach on this thought, mothers in the presence of the king. Mothers in the presence of the king of the king. Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this awesome church family and assembly. Lord, I pray that you would touch our hearts, open our minds and our understanding, challenge our spirits, Lord, transform us till we be made into your image. Lord, we not only speak blessing, but Lord, we speak direction and healing and hope into this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this afternoon? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Look at somebody and tell them, mothers in the presence of the king. Amen. And if I don't sound quite like myself, I am dealing with the worst allergies I have ever dealt with in my life. I have no exaggeration, an inhaler, nasal spray, eye drops, Zyrtec, and I've already emailed my doctor and said, I'll see you Monday morning. Fill up the syringe with Kenalog, B12, and steroids because I can't function like this much. I feel, how many know what I'm talking about? You get them allergies, feel like you're on a del delay. Somebody says something to you, it takes about three seconds before it gets through the fog and, and finally hits the brain. Amen. And so I've been eating here. I've been trying all the remedies. I've been eating all the honey, local honey. My wife's starting to call me Winnie the Pooh because I'm eating so much honey. I say, oh, b -b -b bother. Amen. Mothers in the presence of the king. Solomon was the king of the nation of Israel. He was chosen by God to judge and establish the throne of his father David before the Lord forever. In chapter 3, King Solomon had a dream. 
And God spoke to him in this dream, and he said, whatever you ask of me, I'm going to give to you. Now, Solomon could have asked for a multitude of things, and had the Lord asked some of us that, we would have that brand new house or car setting somewhere right now. As a matter of fact, some of us are ornery enough to be asking for more wishes. But not, not King Solomon. For whatever you think of him or whatever you think he become, King Solomon responded to God and he asked of God that he had the ability to discern situations, that he would have the wisdom to be able to discern in situations. I think we need some of that godly wisdom today more than ever before. King Solomon desired to be able to judge each situation that he is faced with and judge it adequately. And this pleased the Lord. And so when Solomon said that, uh, God granted him this request, and not only that, but granted him riches and honor as well. Kind of sounds like Matthew 6.33. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things shall be added unto you. Amen. For, for Solomon was a king, not of power and wealth alone, but a king of wisdom and a king with the, the ability to, to discern in each situation right and wrong. Now, Revelation 17 and 14 tells us, amen, in part, for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Amen. I'm glad that we serve King Jesus this afternoon. And I'm glad to know that we serve a king that is not confused about what is right and what is wrong, but he knows what's right and wrong. And I'm glad that he is my judge and he is the one that hears my cries and he hears my prayers. I'm glad that when I will be judged, it will be of God and not of man. Amen. And I'm glad that he is my king and that he has the wisdom to discern. He understands when I hurt when nobody else does. He understands my cry and is moved with my tears. He is a God that is affectionate about my pain and knows what I'm going through. His heart is merciful. And I'm glad this afternoon to say that he has given me grace brand new every morning. You see, we serve a God that will make a way when nobody else can see a way out. We serve a God that can, he can cause a highway in the middle of a Red Sea. We Oh, hallelujah. We serve a God that will give water out of a rock and manna in a desert. We serve a God that will lift us up when we're down and check us when we're too lifted up. Amen. God is not as much concerned about my shortcomings because when I repent, he no longer cares about my past. God is touched with the feeling of my infirmities. When I hurt, he is moved with compassion. He moves to my tears and he moves to my cries. Amen. You see, the Bible says that, that as a father, he 
pities his children and not pity in the sense that we think in our English language when we have pity on something it's because we feel sorry for maybe how ignorant they are or 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 how the bad choices that's not what it means pity simply means that he has empathy and compassion amen and the Bible says that our king looks at us with pity that's not a negative thing. How many of you parents have seen your child struggle with something you struggled with as a child and you had empathy or pity on them? Amen. I, I have watched my daughter struggle with some of the things I struggled with when I was a kid. You've watched your children do it if you weren't good in math and then your child wasn't good in math. Amen. You don't pop them in the back of the head and call them a dummy. You have pity over them and you remember it will take you back to the days amen when you struggled with that issue or maybe they don't fit into a group of other kids and you remember when you were a kid and you didn't fit in and you're moved with it and the next thing you know you come in not to rescue them but to help them along and assist them to come out of their socially awkward bubble because you want them to advance further than you did later on in life you see God does the same thing you see our king is moved with pity at our plight. When we cry, he hears our cry. When we pray, he hears our prayer. When we need healing, he hears the cry of our desperation, and he is moved at our tears. For the psalmist said in Psalms 126 and 5 through 6, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing and bringing his sheaves with him. I'm so glad that the word of God says that weeping may endure for a night, but honey, hold on, joy is coming in the morning. I got to preach to somebody that's in the heat of the battle right now. I got to preach to somebody that's in the fire of the fight. You're in the trial of your life. I know you're weeping right now, but just hold on. You keep on sowing in tears. You're going to reap with gladness. Every prayer you pray is going to pay off. Every tear you shed is going to bring fruit. Amen. And you may say, but pastor, that's not my problem. My problem is I am under assault. Well, I've got good news for you. For my king says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment will he condemn. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I serve that kind of a king. It's amazing that the Bible says while Solomon was offering up a sacrifice in Jerusalem, he was making a feast before God. And it was in the midst of this feast unto the Lord that these two mothers came in before the king. Now, lest you think this was some just ambiguous meeting, there was no drama or conflict. I'm going to tell you, there's a whole bunch of drama in your Bible. Can, can I just say it like this? There's a whole lot of crazy folks in the Bible. I mean, some of these people are crazy in a spray cockroach. Because the king is having a feast unto the Lord. He, is, he has come to present a sacrifice. This is a holy feast. This is, now, now a feast is what we would call a party. You think of night 242 on steroids. Okay, for those of you who don't know what night 242 is, you need to be here for the last Wednesday night of this month because we 
do one of the most apostolic things there is found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 where we break bread and we eat together. It's as apostolic as running the aisles, talking in tongues, baptizing in Jesus' name. It's a part of what the early church did. They ate and they fellowshiped. I didn't say it was more important. I said it was included right along with teaching the apostles' doctrine. And so you imagine our 242. Now, we eat good food. You, you can look at me and tell I do not suffer from eating bad food. And night 242, I think the only word people think I know is no. Because I eat my feel and I try to be good. But some of y'all so lovingly come shoving stuff in our face. You need to try a bite of this. But I'm full. I remember telling my grandma, I ain't hungry anymore. That's okay, I'll just get you a little more. A little more. You could feed a village on her a little bit more. And they're in the midst of having, if you would, a royal 242. The finest of dinnerware, the finest of utensils, the finest of wine, the finest of music being played. And they're having a feast and these two women come in, but they're not just any two women for First Kings chapter 3 and verse 16 has this to say because they want you to know not only that they were women, but what kind of women they were. Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. These weren't just any women. They didn't have degrees and diplomas on their wall. They didn't have money in their bank account. They were the lowest of the low. They were the most unwelcome people that could ever be in the presence of the king. These two women, to keep it G-rated, were women that walked the street, worked the streets. They were women that were bound by sin in their lives. But yet they came before the king. They did not let what their situation in life was keep them from being in the presence of the king. As a matter of fact, by all accounts, it was the real mother of that little boy that forced her way into the palace against the guards and knew that she needed help to get her baby back. She didn't care what anybody thought about her. She didn't care that she did not have a royal invitation. And she didn't care that she was not wearing Louis Vuitton or Liz Claiborne. She did not care that she had not been invited by the upper crust, the highbrow, the nose lifted of society. She did not care that she didn't grow up in an ivory tower that she didn't look the part, act the part, and didn't even smell the part. All she knew was, was somebody was about to take what meant most to her in life, and she only had one option. She had to get before the king because she knew, if I can ever get my problem in the presence of the king, I know there's going to be hope. Brother Chase, she was to the point that she said, it doesn't even matter what the king says so long as I hear the king speak because I know if the king will speak in this situation, it'll be final in the matter. And she didn't let her sin stop her. And she didn't let, she didn't let who she was in society stop her. And she didn't let what she went through stop her. But she made up in her mind, I've got to get into the presence of, king, of the king no matter what 
may come my way. Amen. There may be things that will keep you out of the presence of the king. You may have sin in your life that you struggle with to keep you out of the presence of the king. But don't let your situation and don't let your sin keep you from the presence of the king. For my Bible tells me in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen to me. Nobody's perfect. Nobody deserves to be in this house. Nobody deserves God's mercy. Nobody deserves God's goodness. Nobody deserves God's love. Oh, but thanks be to the God of mercy that he looked beyond my fault and he saw my need and I got in the presence of the king nobody's perfect Nobody's perfect, but I believe that there are sinners sitting in this house this afternoon right now who are ready, willing, and able to walk up in the middle of a feast and cry out, Master, I need you. I need you to heal me. I need you to restore my dreams. I need you to heal my baby. I need you to touch my vision. I need you to give me life. I need you to restore into my life and into my situation. I know there's an order to the service. I know there's a program at the party. I know there's rules at the feast. But King, with all due respect, I ain't got time to wait for an appointment. I've got a baby that's being ripped out of my arms. And I need you to do. You know what we need in 2023? We need mothers in the presence of the King. We need women that aren't afraid to come before the throne of grace boldly. We need women that make up in their mind before I take it anywhere else. I'm going to take it to King Jesus. Don't divide the baby. Your miracle's on the way. Don't divide the baby. Your miracle's on the way. Don't divide the baby. You may feel like one of these two mothers, but you can still step into the fullness of your appointed destiny today. I'm not going to let the junk of my life keep me from the presence of the king. I may have messed up. I may have made a wreck of things. It doesn't matter. There's a child on the line. Get me to the king. Get me to the king. And if you don't invite me in, I'll bust my way in. And like it or lump it, I'm getting in the presence of God. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures evermore. Personally, I believe these women felt that way. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think they felt like they could just walk into his presence and tell all their problems, but they didn't really have an option. I think they felt like that if they were going to get to the king, then they would have to go through a lot of different means and situations to get to him. How many times do we let stuff keep us out of the presence of the king? Somebody looked at me wrong, can't worship today. Got bills piled up on the kitchen table, gonna have a hard time to give God praise today. Somebody unfriended me on social media, I can't focus and pray today. What, what's delaying you from the throne room? 
I'd really worship like I need to worship, but somebody might think that I'm in sin. You see, the king was the last matter. He was the last one. They had already taken their case to the local magistrate. They had already taken him to the courtroom. They had already hired what lawyers they could afford. But the courts looked at these two women who were women of the night and basically said that baby is as bad off with one as it is with the other. But not the real mama. Nobody could render judgment in this situation. Nobody could see the truth. Everything was so convoluted. But this mother was so determined to get her son that she knew in her heart the king had the answer. She made up in her mind, if I, if I can just get to the king, I'll have a chance. Now, they may throw me in jail for disrupting the feast. They might even execute me for being out of order, but I'll go to my grave knowing everybody now knows that baby's mine. Now, I know this may sound a bit, a bit elementary today, and it may sound a little too simple, but let me just stop and say this. The king has the answer to your problems today. The king has a solution to your situation. Amen. You want to know why? Because the king has the ability to discern right from wrong in your situation. Anybody feel like you're in a mess today? Anybody feel like things are upside down in your life today? Does everything feel like it's spinning out of control? Well, I've got good news for you. You've come to the right house because the king is in court today. <laughs> and his name is King Jesus. And it don't matter how big of a hole you've dug for yourself. He's got a way out of the hole that you've made for yourself. Satan's going to do his very best to try to divide the baby. You hear me? Satan's going to do everything in his power to divide the baby. And that's why we need mothers that will cry for their children. Now, I'm not trying to make this any, anything more than what it is of morality and scripture. Please don't take it any other way. But our world is falling deeper and deeper into the filth of sin. We are living in the most unnatural, unnatural age of society that I, that, that I think we've seen. And the Bible says it closer to the coming of the Lord, it will wax worse and worse. When I was a kid, I heard the old people say, it's getting worse. And I guess I'm one of the old people because I'm looking at the kids going, it's getting worse. But the Bible said it would get worse and worse for men will become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, lovers of self. And the world we live in is plunging into the abyss of sin. We need a king with the sword now more than ever before. Because our king has discernment. Our king knows when to cut and when not to cut. Amen. It's time, it's time to draw a line in the sand. 
You see, Satan is everywhere trying to divide the baby. Our culture is spinning out of control. The family unit is breaking down. Our sons and daughters, you know what they need? They need mothers that will cry out more than ever before. God save my baby. God save my baby. God save the children. God save my baby. Listen to me, moms. You are destined to be a godly mother. You know what's right and you know what's wrong. God has placed you on this earth for this very hour. You have a destiny that God has specifically made for you. Listen to me, ladies, future moms. Listen to me, mamas and grandmas and aunts. Listen to me. You gotta hear my voice. Don't divide the baby. Don't compromise your destiny. Don't give up being godly don't give up on righteousness in the word of God we need mamas in the presence of the king too many mamas have decided to divide the baby because they've been led into deceit Satan will whisper the worst thing in your ears mom he will tell you things like you are a failure it's too late. Let me have them for a while. Oh, yes, he does. He, he may not say things like, I'm going to cut them in half, but he'll say things like, just give them an extra hour of that video. I'm going I'm to I'm preach the fuzz off this today. This old dog can hunt, and I got one treed right now. Sin doesn't hide anymore. He wants our kids. And he's got his fangs out and his claws out. He don't even hide it anymore. They boldly declare what they want from our children. They teach it in our schools and dare you to say anything against it. They put it in the most innocent types of entertainment for children and they dare you to say anything in it. But we need some mamas who know how to draw their own sword. I know it's 2023, amen, like, like the old singer said, I'm a dinosaur, should have died out a long time ago. I get what I'm saying is a little archaic for 2023, and this ain't popular, and it's not going to go into, amen, how to rear children in the modern age, but I'm going to tell you, our kids need more of weeping mamas than they do entertainment. And that's not to say they can't have entertainment, amen, but what are we letting entertain our children? There is a demon on the loose that wants our kids, but what we need is mothers in the presence of the king. Been led in by deceit, Satan whispers into your ears, you are a failure, you have messed up, give them to me. If this sounds familiar, you need to understand the only reason why Satan's talking to you that way is because you've got the devil worried. The devil's worried because of your enormous potential and hell doesn't fight what he doesn't fear. The strategy of hell has been since age immemorial has been kill it while it's young because when it gets older, it's going to turn around and its heel's going to crush my head. 
That's why he tried to kill Moses in a basket and Jesus in a manger. He knows if he can kill it young, he don't have to deal with it when it's full grown. We need some mamas in the presence of the king saying, no, 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 no. I'm raising this child in the house of God. I'm raising him in righteousness. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what society says. I don't care what the church across town thinks. I don't care what the preacher on TV says. I don't care what my own family may say. I'm getting my child into the presence of the king. See, you can live a godly, fruitful life, but you need to tell the devil you disagree now. Don't compromise with him anymore. Don't, don't, it not, it's not even, it's not 50 50, it's not 60 40, it's not 90 10, it's not 99 1. Lord, we used to sing the old song, Lord, I'm running trying to make 100 because 99 and a half won't do. You can't raise children 99 and a half percent in the church and a half percent out. We have got to raise our children in the presence of the king. That mama did the right thing, albeit she was a harlot, albeit she had a rough life, but she knew the right thing was if I can just get my baby in the presence of the king if I can just get my child within reach of the king hey mama listen to me I know it's rough working two jobs I know it's hard trying to be a single mom I know things must be difficult trying to raise a child in this age but let me salute you today let me applaud you today by saying you're here you're doing the right thing you've got your child in the presence of the king and you deserve honor for that today oh I think we ought to celebrate these mothers here today that have brought their children to the king Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. There is no middle road. It's blessing or cursing. It's life or death. And I implore, I implore our mothers here today to bring your children into the presence of the king. King Solomon saw the two women fighting over this child. It was very evident that the wrong woman was holding the right child. The king looked at this and with discernment that could only come from God, called for a sword. I can see the lump in the throat of the real mom is in the pit of her stomach. It begins to churn, realizing that momentarily the king could execute judgment on the two women, on one woman, or two women and the child. She had to put her trust in the king. Even when she couldn't understand his ways, she had to trust the king. Even when she didn't know what the outcome was going to be, she had to trust the king. You see, the sword was, was the tool of wisdom that was going to bring the real mother to her destiny. Well, this goes right along with what I've been teaching on midweek since January. But the answer for all your troubles is in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
the sword is still the solution. The word of God is still the solution. It'll still help you, mama, to train your children up in the ways of God. It'll help you when they're babies. It'll help you when they're toddlers. It'll help you when they're in their preteens. Lord knows it'll help you when they're in their teens, in their adolescence, and when they raise up into adulthood. Uh, Mama, let me encourage you. I know that Dr. Field and Dr. Spock are doing their best, but nothing's going to replace the word of Almighty God. You may not recognize it yet, amen, but all of you are God's beautiful creation. You don't need to be perfect to come to God. In fact, no one is perfect. We all fall short of him, amen. Your parents may have been careless with you. You may have felt unwanted when you were growing up. You may be in this place today struggling with the feeling of abandonment from the time that you was a child. Maybe you were abused, neglected, or molested they may have told you that you were the result of a careless moment and that you were a mistake to even be here but I've come to tell you you are chosen of God and you were appointed for this hour listen to me mama God chose you to be a mama God created you to be a mother and he expects us to be mamas in the presence of the king Don't beat yourself down. Get before the king. God has brought you into this world. He has raised you for specific circumstances and situations. Amen. For one greater purpose, which is to reflect his glory and to raise up your children to reflect the glory of God. You are destined to become a great mother no matter what you've been through. Don't let the world tell you that if you didn't come from the perfect home life, you can't raise up children right. Hallelujah. God is too wise and too loving to put your destiny in the hands of another person. Do you know what the king is doing today? He's reaching for the sword. And in that hand that holds the sword is the deliverance that you need. The king had the only answer. The king had the complete solution to the problem, but it was up to the mother to be persistent to, to get the answer. Mama, I know you don't like the direction your kids are headed in. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Maybe your children have walked away from God. Maybe you're starting to see attitudes and, and mindsets creep into the heart and the life of your child. Mama, listen to me. You got to get them kids back into the presence of the king. Amen. Because in the hand of the king is a sword and he knows exactly what to do with it. We need mamas that will make a difference. Not social media influencers in a skirt. Amen. Not, not people that just get a following. But we need mothers that will raise their children in the presence of the king. Everything we do is according to the measure of our faith. We must reach beyond the preliminaries of life and make a difference. And to do that, you've got to get in the presence of the king. We'll either choose life or death. We will either save the baby or we will Divide it. 
Listen to me, ladies. We need you. And we need you now more than we have ever needed you before. You're not past your prime. You're exactly where God needs you. Matter of fact, in the epistles, Paul would write it like this, and he would say, ye younger women, learn of the older. You don't need to Google it. Just bring it to the king. In the court of the king, you will find midwives and mothers. Solomon in his wisdom realized the moment I lay the blade to the skin of this baby, the real mama's going to come out. You wonder why so much hell's been breaking loose around you. Because the blade has a way of revealing who you truly are. And I look around this house and I see weeping women. And I see praying men. Because we realize God has brought us to the kingdom for this hour. Why a lot of folks are playing church. Why a lot of churches are more into entertainment. And I have not come to bash and belittle other churches. God is raising up a church. And just as Eve was the mother of all men, so is the church the mother of all that is born again. And it's time for the real mamas come before the king. We need mothers without pretense. We need mothers who will give no regard to themselves and whatever it takes, bring your children before the king. There's something about a mom. I can't explain it it's hard to formulate it. Only women are born with this. And, I'm, and I mean that in every sense of the way I could possibly mean that. Only women are born with it. You can't get a surgery. And you won't self-identify and change it in you. God put it in a, within a mama. All throughout the animal kingdom, Brother Chase, we see this. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentaries of the Serengeti in Africa when you will watch a mother wildebeest or an antelope take on a lion over her baby it's certain death you can look at the weakest most unassuming woman in this building raise your hand to her child and buddy, she'd finna be on you like a pair of cactus britches. That little woman will put something on you, Ajax won't take off. Because you can mess with a lot of things with a woman. You mess with her purse, you mess with her shoes, 
you'll raise her eyebrows. But lay a hand on her kid. Put a blade to that baby. And you'll, you'll see a mama that's never lifted weights in her life, never trained for any kind of combat in her life. She will cloud up and rain all over you. Because she don't care if she's going to survive. She went into it knowing she probably wouldn't. But she got between you and what she loves. We need women. We need mamas that'll get in the presence of the king and say, hell, you can't have these babies. When I pray over our kids and I pray over our students, I make, I make sure I let the devil hear me. I, I, well, you know, not Satan himself. He's got bigger fish to fry than me. But any of his little punks that might be hanging around, I, I, I make sure to let him know these are our kids and you can't have them. And as long as I keep them in the presence of the king, would you stand with me? We need mothers that will no matter what stand up and do what's right. Don't divide the baby. You can go to the word of God. You can read about godly mothers from beginning to end. About how they were to train up their child in the way they should go. But God is calling mothers He's calling you to be as active and defensive in the spiritual as you would be in the natural. Because there's nothing more powerful than a praying mama. Name a price, I'd pay it. Name an extremity, I'd give it to have my grandmother pray over me one more time. Because when my grandmother prayed, hell shook in his shoes I'm here today because a mama prayed over me what legacy will we leave this is Mother's Day men I'll get to you next month but I'm talking to our mamas right now it may seem fruitless sometimes it may seem more of a bother I'm looking at some of our mom with little ones. I, don't, I saw Sister Phoenix. She's probably back there taking care of them right now. See, Sister Christine. I, I, listen, I, I know putting them babies in clothes and getting them dressed and then the car seats and then the crying and the fussing and the fighting and the hair pulling and the biting and the throwing things and the wow, wow, and all of that. And, and, and we think, why even bother? I remember getting Addison getting her dressed or Mama getting her, we're both getting her dressed. One of us sitting on her, the other one was, I'm just kidding. Get her to church all pretty and dressed up only for her to throw up on it when you walk in the door or something worse. And they both would happen. 
my sweet wife being in the nursery. That's back before we had live streaming in the nursery. I remember her thinking, like everyone, is it even worth I can go home and be comfortable in it? But you know what? I heard her tell other women, it ain't about what we get out of it in this stage. It's the fact our babies need to know even when they're not even a year or they're just two, they need to know this is where we go. This is what we do. We need mothers in the presence of the king. We need mothers in the presence. Of, we need mamas that are willing to fight. You see, I, I'm looking at young ladies here, single women. One of these days, by the grace of God, you'll be a mother in due time. And we need you to understand you got to raise your children in the presence of the king. Because that's all that matters. is to raise them in the presence of the king. When I was growing up, we only went to church on days that ended in Y. I, re I remember going to church, deathly sick. Or back home, we'd say sick as a dog. And I remember being so sick, couldn't go into church, so they'd leave me in the truck. And God, it's a true story. And mom played the piano, come back out and check on me when she got done. Or usually grandma was out there, you know, nursing me along, and she always had candy, made you feel better. I remember one day, I was probably about 11 years old, and my dad had told me, boy, quit bringing that fishing pole inside the house. Now, we grew up like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn out in the country. And sure enough, that travel hook got stuck in the carpet, and I was running late for church, and I stepped on that thing, and it went up in my foot. The problem was the other end of it was in the carpet. And I sat there for 15 minutes trying to dig that thing out. Man, I was crying. It hurt. They're out there honking the horn. I wish I could find my mom and dad come in. You think I got any sympathy? My mom said, you're going to make us late for church. My dad got a pair of wire cutters, cut it out, back that thing through. My mom put turpentine on it, wrapped it up. My dad carried him in the car, set me in there. As we're getting out, I said, can you carry me? He said, nope. I told you not to put that thing in your room. And I hopped into church. The point of it was they were teaching us, you need to be in the presence of the king. It ain't easy to raise kids, mama. It ain't easy in this generation. But you can do it. You want to know why? You've got access to the throne room. You've got access to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I know it's tight. I know y'all still praying for that new building. We get our new building, we have a good altar call. But I want all of our mothers, if you would, come join me in the front. You gentlemen, would you push that row back just a little bit? If you ladies will, you young ladies will step back here. We want to make some room for our mamas. Come on, mom. Amen. Come on across the middle of this thing. We got room. Look at that. They made room for us, all you mothers. 
we celebrate you today. Are you coming up by faith? <laughs> by thy faith and according to the seasons of this time next year. <laughs> Be careful walking up here now. Amen. That's miracle territory, praise God. I remember we had five babies born in the stretch of six months a few years ago. And uh, I remember I started joking about it. And I started, instead of singing, we are standing on holy ground, I started singing, we are standing on fertile ground. And Sister Jamie jumped up and got up on the chair and picked her feet up. Mamas, you're a gift from God. You are a blessing from Almighty God. And I just want you to lift your hands today. And I want you to thank God, number one, for the opportunity to bring ourselves into the presence of the King. And as you thank Him for that, I then want you to pray a prayer of dedication. Lord Jesus, I'm going to raise my family in the courts of the king. I'm going to raise my family in the courts of the king. I may not do everything right and I may not do everything perfect, but I'm going to bring them to the king. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for these mothers. I thank you, Lord, for these precious mothers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you mothers to turn and just pray for that mother beside you right now. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.